Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. It's been a while, but we are back ahead of the January transfer window. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, TC Toby Cudworth. Welcome back, guys. Uh, the World Cup has happened. We had some very, very rogue uh, pre-tournament picks. Some marginally correct ones as well. Uh, Toby, how did you enjoy it? I actually really enjoyed it. I never thought I would say that I would enjoy this World Cup, given everything that happened in the lead up to it. But the actual football itself and the quality of it um, kind of blew me away a bit. Um, I'm not really sure how that's going to play out for the second half of the domestic season, seeing as we're straight back into that action. But I thought it was a really good tournament um, and quite enjoyed Messi getting his crowning moment to uh, to end the debate for uh, for many people, if there even was one. But Graham, you're not so sure on that one, are you? No, I'll always put Maradona ahead of um, Messi if I'm in between the two of them. To be honest, I grew up with the the '86, and and you know that was and a lot. He doesn't get credit for that tournament because there was still some, you know, it was the Platinis, the Zicos. There was still a lot of world class players, the Rummeniggers, etc. It was a t- it was a tournament. I loved '86. It was a tournament full of world stars and heroes. Um, yeah, interest, interesting. It does. I'm, I'm glad he got it. I thought Argentina was interesting the way they developed through the tournament. It was how to do a World Cup. And, and if you do have a superstar like that, I thought it was a good experience for a lot of teams where if you have a superstar, like, build your team around them. And that's what Argentina did. Exactly what they did. And the entire team knew that this was Messi's time. Uh, they worked tooth and nail for him, ran themselves into the ground. And in the end, Messi was the one who... I think he scored in every knockout round game uh, and was obviously one player of the tournament, et cetera, et cetera, and got his crowning glory for his career. If, if he retired tomorrow, I think he could walk away knowing that he pretty much achieved everything that he ever desired. But we will talk today, obviously, because this is talking transfers, about transfers. And a lot of World Cup players might end up coming up in conversation. How many am I looking? I'm looking at the pre I'm looking at the running order, and I'm thinking we have two, actually. At the st- three, three players we'll talk about who played at the World Cup on today's show. We'll talk Cody Gakpo. We'll talk Frankie de Jong. We'll talk David De Gea, who some feel might have done a better job in goal for Spain than Unai Simon. Uh, we'll talk Chelsea's transfer plans. We'll talk Josco Guardiol, who is one of the breakout stars of the tournament. We'll talk Milan Skriniar. Wolves' latest signing. Aaron Wambisaka and a new deal at Arsenal for a key young player. Uh, you can subscribe to this show on all your major podcast platforms, on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., etc., and follow us all on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, and at Graham Bailey as well for all of the latest transfer news. We are obviously just a few days out from Christmas as we record this, uh, so I'm not sure how regularly we'll be uh, recording this podcast until January, but we felt like we had to set the scene a little bit because things are going to get a little bit busy uh, to start the new year, you'd imagine, off the back of a World Cup. 
one of my, uh, and I'm sure many uh, people's pre-tournament picks for a breakout star, maybe somebody who could end up getting a move off the back of the tournament, Cody Gakpo. Uh, so we'll start the show with him. We've, we've written a story on nightmin.com uh, in the last 24 hours as we record this, uh, but I think that this one should run uh, for a little while yet. Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag has been interested in Cody Gakpo quite a long time uh, ever since he came into United. Obviously, another Dutch player plays for PSV, has scored a ton of goals. I think it's nine goals and 12 assists in 14 Eredivisie matches before the World Cup began. And he scored in each group game as the Netherlands uh, found themselves in the last stage of the tournament, going out only on penalties to Argentina in the quarterfinals. But Graham, uh, we have published a story on United's interest and retained interest in Cody Gakpo. Eric Ten Hag's pushing this one, isn't he? He is. He's a player he's liked since since the summer, Scott, as we've said. And you know they're not they're not signing him. Let's be let's be honest. They're not signing him on his World Cup performances. But there was a few within the hierarchy of United who weren't 100% sold on Gakpo, you know, and, and I've, and I said, I've seen him at PSV and he's looked okay, he's, but he hasn't looked like a world star, but you could see for me when he got to Qatar, he's just gone up a gear, you know, he hasn't had to be in that gear to score 14 and 14 in the Eredivisie. And we've seen that a lot, but I thought he was superb. I, I thought he looked like a young Ronaldo. He's so good in the air. I think he's got everything. And I think the potential of him, is it surprised me, and I think what's happened is in the background they've gone, yeah, we'll 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 sanction this, we'll give the green light, is what we've reported, and you know, and the deal looks to be under fifty million pounds, Scott, which in today's market is not a bargain, but it's pretty good business. Yeah, for a player of, I think he turns twenty four towards the end of this season, so he's at a good age, twenty three. He's had enough uh, experience, at, you know, European level and uh, uh, Dutch. Uh, well, top flight in Dutch football, one of the best players in the league as it stands, uh, has had those World Cup performances, obviously de- delivering in what was a relatively straightforward group for the Netherlands. Uh, but they, I think they impressed a few people along the way with their slightly different style of play to what you traditionally think of the Netherlands. But uh, Gakpo is one of the players re- right to be picked off. Uh, Leeds, Southampton and a number of clubs tried to, tried to get him in the summer when his... Uh, his valuation was probably Graham, probably more around twenty-five to thirty million. Do you think is that um, about right? Yeah, about about that. And and you know that was the level. And, and obviously the player was wanting to go to England, but I think he felt a bit a bit miffed by you know seeing Anthony got United for big fees and stuff. Where I don't, he wasn't really pushing for those moves, he, he, and he knew United were interested as well. And I think um, one thing that's helped him massively and, and helped my night. I think a big thank you to Rangers because Rangers knocking PSV up the Champions League at the group stages. It's, it's not that PSV need the money, but in terms of their spreadsheets, etc., and finances, there's a, not a black hole, but they were missing a good £20 million chunk from, from there. So I think obviously they like to stay on top of things. And so I think that's helped United get this deal done in January rather than have to wait till the summer. As I said, we spoke about a lot of these World Cup stars, Scott, they're going to have to wait until the summer because January's a really tough time to do with deals. But that's why United are able to do Gakpo because PSV do want this money to come in. Yeah, they they need it. Well, they say they need it, but it's, it's probably be better off if they if they did take it. Uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy, the, the manager who is a former Man United player, uh, scored a ton of goals for United, uh, said this week something along the lines of, uh, we know we would like to keep him, we prefer to sell him in the summer, but sometimes you can't say no. Uh, United are not the only team in the running, but they are pretty much, as we understand it, leading the pursuit. 
this is one that we think could end up happening in January. But Toby, uh, I'll come to you. You've seen Gakpo at the World Cup. My initial reaction to this, I'm not entirely convinced it's the right profile for United. Now, I think you look at Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford as the Cristiano Ronaldo's gone. Obviously, we've mentioned we've not mentioned that yet. There's a big uh, wage which has gone off the bill, which United have basically cleared for nothing. Uh, and they they do have a hole in the squad, but they have some money to potentially reinvest. And uh, Gakpo is somebody that Ten Hag has wanted. Doesn't strike me though as the exact type of fit for what I think United need in terms of an all-out centre forward. He's more of a flexible player who can play number ten, play left. And I know that we've put pieces on nightimin.com over the last month that he might not be the best fit for what United wants. So how does he fit into the team, in your opinion? Because you've got Garnacho, you've got Rashford, you've got Martial, who kind of favour that exact same left channel, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of, yeah. you've kind of taken the words out of my mouth. There. Like, I don't see Gakpo as an out-and-out centre-forward. I know he's got certain attributes that allow him to play in that role effectively, but we saw at the World Cup that he was playing on the left. He played through the middle. He drifted out to the right at times. He's not a natural centre-forward. And I think United's options at the moment, they have an abundance of players who are versatile and can play as wide forwards or through the middle, but they don't have an out-and-out goal scorer with those instincts of a central number nine. A kind of Ruud van Nistelrooy from 20 years ago. Someone who's always in the box, ready to finish off chances. I think, personally, I think that's what United need. I understand the interest in Gakpo and he's clearly got some of those attributes in his game. And being six foot four, he could be um, a nuisance. To he's six foot four? He's six foot four. I knew he was um, tall. Didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, well, I think I, he's I deceptively... Exactly. I, I thought he was just good in the air. I didn't realize he was six foot no, four. No, he's got a good height on him, but he's deceptively quick, I think, which is what kind of people forget about how tall he is. But he could be a different weapon in United's arsenal in that respect. But... I don't know. There's, I'm inclined to agree with you, Scott. I don't think he's necessarily the right profile of player. The thing that's working in his advantage or to his advantage is he's the right player at this particular time. There's no one else readily available in that kind of top tier of striker. And it might just play into Cody Gakpo's hands that PSV are willing to take the money now. Um, and that's what will secure him the move. I'm not saying he's not good enough to play for United, but I do think that his natural position or best position would probably be on the left wing, vying for a place with Jaden Sancho, Garnacho, Rashford, Martial, all players who have very, very similar attributes already. Yeah, uh, I think that's a different conversation. Jaden Sancho is, uh, you know, it's well publicized his situation at the moment. He's not, I don't think he's even in training with United at the moment because uh, Eric Ten Hag wants him to get, you know, mentally and physically fitter. Uh, to deal with the kind of, you know, the, it's, it's not gone to plan for Jaden Sancho so far at United. But I think one thing that I think most United fans and me will say is that if there's anything Ten Hag has proven so far is that he has a good track record with the signings that he okays. So no matter the, you know, the uncertainty that you have, and maybe you do think he's a similar player to what United have already got, Ten Hag probably knows the player well enough to think this is how it will work and... You, you see Lisandro Martinez and the, the the stick that he got for signing him because he was a little bit too short at the start of the, the start of the season. He didn't play every game, but he won the World Cup. <laughs> you know, this is not uh, some player who's just not good enough for the Premier League, as Jamie Carragher once said. Uh, 
Graham, uh, can we expect this one to get done, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, United have done a lot of work on him. And uh, so the, the hierarchy of green lights in now, it's something that Ten Hag wants. I, I, th- I think Ten Hag is still working on his uh, Rashford project. You know, Steve McLaren, since he came in, we've said that Steve McLaren thinks Rashford can play centrally. I think Ten Hag thinks he does. And um, even if it's a three of, you know, Anthony, Rashford, Gakpo, I think that's very... It's frightening. It's entertaining. It's got all the, you know, and the fact you can swap all them about. I, I think it's got real potential. That I really do. And if you're going to play football as they are, obviously he still wants to bring a few more midfielders. And I think it's got real potential. That forward three, I really do. You can read the latest on that on 90min.com. You can also find it on uh, mine and Graham's uh, Twitter feeds as well. Top of the show. It should be in the description of this episode as well if you need where to find them. Uh, but another Dutch player that Eric Ten Hag loves is Frankie de Jong. Obviously, we thought that we'd never have to talk about him again, but we we have to talk about him again. Uh, Graham, back to you. Mm. Eric Ten Hag loves Frankie de Jong, doesn't he? And there is a yeah. situation at Barcelona which is still not resolved. So what's the latest? Yeah, it's obviously it's Frankie Dunn. It's not a talking transfer. I was talking about him at the moment, is it? Um, we've spent most of this year talking about him. Yeah, and it's not a surprise to us, Scott, because we've always said, you know, even during the whole the whole summer episode, we knew Ten Hag was talking to Frankie De Jong. We knew he's a player he loves. He's always wanted. And and yeah, what we're being told from De Jong's camp is there's confidence in there that he might get out in 2023 and I think we all we all hope he might leave Barcelona and, and go elsewhere and if he does there's only so many clubs he wants to play for and so many people he wants to play for and one of those is Eric Ten Hag and you know that we, we believe there's been talks that Ten Hag does want uh, want him if he's available and so De Jong's camp were making sure that that interest was still there and um, yeah we understand that is the case um, that there's been a few talks nothing official that he does want to do that. So, yeah, um, nothing concrete, but there is that thing of De Jong's wages. And, and as we've always said, Scott, he just wants, sounds a bit corny, he just wants a bit of justice, really. You know, he's not he's not willing just to walk away, etc. But we've seen from the last three months with Barcelona, he's still playing for them, but he's not a key figure, is he? We've seen Pedri and Gavi go on. De Jong just isn't a key figure. And he knows he's not a key figure. Under 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 you, Zavier. I Graham, don't think it's I don't think it's something against him personally. He just knows he's not a key figure anymore. Do you think that that will change if uh, Sergio Busquets leaves? But we have seen, uh, you know, talk that Barcelona are looking for somebody who can sit in front of the defense because they don't necessarily think De Jong is that player, right? No, um, and Frank Kessie, you know, is um is a player who's still there. We forget about him, don't we? But you know, they're linked after that many players. I no, I do. I don't think De Jong. I don't think Xavi particularly sees De Jong as part of their long time future. I really don't. And and you know, the Barca hierarchy, here, they're doing all they can to get De Jong out. You know, he's he's that huge contract. They want him out, and and I think twenty twenty three we will see that. Not in January, I don't think, but. You know, Barcelona in the, in the finances they're not great as they are, and this is a huge contract, and they just can't go on um, in this way. And I think it has been to the detriment of De Jong as well a little bit. You know, we saw him in the World Cup. I wouldn't say he was a shadow of the player we've seen before, but I'm just not sure he's he was suited to what Van Gaal was playing. But you know, this is a player who on his day is still world class, and I think as we discussed that front three at United, I think he wants that. I think Ten Hag still wants that other person next to Casemiro. We know we've seen Ericsson do a wonderful job 
I'm not saying he's a. It's not natural bastard. though, is it? It's not a natural no, fit. He's not. A st- it, it, I, it's. I don't want to condemn or have a go at Ericsson, but he is a sticky plaster. He's not the. He's not the finished product, is he? Whereas if you put De Jong and Casemiro in there, that that that's a mouthwatering prospect. I think that's what Ten Hag sees. And you need a bit of rotation as well. You obviously see yeah, when United course, don't yeah. have Christian Eriksen in the team that they actually suffer for it because they don't and have that, a player. That thing, it's exactly the same thing with Sancho as well, isn't it, Scott? We've seen that him discussed where, oh, just because someone's not in the starting eleven doesn't mean you have to sell them. And that's what United need. They're a, they want to be a world-class team, so you need a world-class squad. And that's the whole point, isn't it? Where just because Dion comes in doesn't mean you have to get rid of everyone else. You're just adding quality to it. Toby, you sick of this one? I am a bit. I feel a bit sorry for Frankie de Jong that this has been going on for so long. I think the end game is always going to be that he leaves Barcelona. As Graham has said there, Pedri and Gavi are the future of that club. There's no getting away from that. They're the future of the Spain national team. Barcelona aren't going to sell the Spanish national team short in favour of playing de Jong. They'd like to bring players through their academy. They are both academy graduates. Um, They're the long-term players in that midfield. And you're right, I think... Barcelona will look for a different anchor, similar to Busquets, and De Jong doesn't provide that. So let's not forget he's only 25. So this has been a difficult six, nine months, but a year out of his career is not the end of the world. He is still thought of as one of the best midfielders in Europe, and rightly so. I think we saw some flashes of brilliance from him at the World Cup. And he is the right fit for me for United as well. I said that during the summer. Casemiro, I think, is a a brilliant signing for the next three or four years. I know there's concerns that his legs could go at any point, but I think... He was brilliant at the World Cup. He was, absolutely. And his first couple of months at United have been very, very impressive as well. I just think he needs somebody with the aura of De Jong next to him to be able to push United forward. And no disrespect to Fred, Scott McTominay, Christian Eriksen, any of the options that United have got, they're not Frankie De Jong. And I do see this transfer happening at some point, um, purely because I don't see where else De Jong could go. I guess Bayern... It's only Bayern, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's the only other destination. But I think the other thing for De Jong is he maybe wanted to see how United started Mm. under Ten Hag. He would have been going to the club blind off the back of all of these problems that Ten Hag inherited from... Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Ralph Ranić. And making sure he's still there, isn't it, TC, as well? Obviously, if, if he knows, similar to Bellingham, as we'll discuss, if, if players know, if you sign for a certain manager, you want to know in two years' time you're going to be playing for that same person. I think, as you said, T, that's a big thing. And If anything, Ten Hag's position has strengthened incredibly over the last six months, and especially just before the World Cup when United made the decision to part with Cristiano Ronaldo. Exactly. He's you know. handled the biggest personality in world football. He's managed that situation from what I can see. He's handled it brilliantly. United have got the outcome that they wanted. Um, it's probably, that's, it's the outcome, TC, that I think Ten Hag wanted in the summer as well. It's, mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's, that's what we say, Scott, where they're respecting his judgment now because that was the judgment he made in the summer. It's not all... It's not all perfect on the pitch at the moment. We are speaking ahead of uh, United's game with Burnley in the Carabao Cup. So maybe United have lost 3-0 to Burnley in the Carabao Cup. And, Burnley uh, are a very good team. As I they're know a good from, team. Not, good as team as I, yeah, Michael Carrick will be giving them some tips after we took a beating off them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Burnley are a class above. The physical company doing a, a wonderful job there. Very, very good job. Uh, but just back to Frankie. United, uh, as we say, Christian Eriksen is playing that role. It's like a plaster at the moment. We all know that Christian Eriksen, Christian Eriksen himself will probably tell you, oh, I want to play further up the pitch. And if United are rotating between, you know, 
I'll put McTominay in there because I don't see him going anywhere. McTominay, Casemiro, uh, Frankie De Jong, Christian Eriksen, Bruno Fernandes. And you pick, you have De Jong, Casemiro and Fernandes with a Christian Eriksen who can come in and rotate when you play 60, 65 matches a season. That is uh, quite a prospect. So we'll see how United managed to uh, manage to progress with that one. Obviously, this is a deal that's been going on I think there was about 14 weeks last summer where we thought that this one would happen and it never did, uh, but it's still not off the agenda yet. Just uh, we mentioned Fred there. Fred is one of four players. We understand that United have triggered a contract extension option on Fred, Luke Shaw, uh, Marcus Rashford, and one other player. Diogo Dallo. Diogo Dallo have all had their contracts triggered uh, a one-year extension they were all due to be out of contract in 2023, but they have United have taken up the option and would like to explore uh, the opportunities to extend the contracts, especially of Diogo Dallo and Marcus Rashford. David De Gea is another player who is out of contract in 2023, but we don't necessarily think that that extension is going to get triggered straight away because David De Gea is, as it stands, I think he is still, or is again, the highest earning player at Man United on a wage of 375-ish a week. Cristiano Ronaldo was obviously the highest earner before he left the club. Casemiro's come in on big money as well, but David De Gea was given that contract when he was at the absolute peak of his powers and is now a year out or six months out from his contract finishing. Graham, where do we stand on this? We, again, you can see this story on 90min.com. If it's not up already, it should be up very soon. United. Love De Gea, De Gea loves United, but there's a wage issue here and there's a structural issue which needs to be addressed. And there's obviously the, the question as well is, is De Gea Eric Ten Hag's goalkeeper? Yeah, I think we did a story back in the summer or just late summer, Scott, didn't we? That talks were about to, they were about to engage the two parties in talks. And uh, there was a massive backlash, if you remember, Scott, with fans, United fans. Are, and, and I said at a time, I'd, I get a little bit where the fans get so overawed by goalkeepers' goalkeeping skills and our foot, footballing skills, actually. It was just his footwork, isn't it? I said, well, it just irritated me that. And, and you know, if, if, if Eric Ten Hag thinks he's good enough, then he's good enough. It's as clear as that. I don't think, I think the fans overreact a little bit. And and as we said as well, Scott, if did, there's a lot of problems at Old Trafford, but David De Gea wasn't one of them, or he wasn't one of the main ones, that's for sure. Yeah, from what we're hearing, Scott, is United just want this to be smooth. You know, if he does end up leaving Old Trafford, it's going to be on good terms. If he stays, again, on good terms, this is going to be the opposite of what we're seeing with Ronaldo. He's a club legend, and they're, and they're working with it. You know, United have looked at other options. We've revealed on the show Diego Costa at Porto was someone they're looking at. And I think, yeah, it, it, I think Ten Hag has the overall decision here, and we know that the approach into here may be about lowering his salary. Again, how much salary reduction will he take? Or do they let him go on a free transfer so he can get a big contract elsewhere, possibly back to Atletico Madrid, where Jan Oblak could be on the move? There's a lot of options here. So I think I think United are in a good place. You know, if, if De Gea does leave, they know who they want. And if he stays, they're keeping a world-class keeper. So I think it's pretty sensible for United. I think it's just positive for the fans. They can see there's actually some thinking going on in the background here. They know what they're doing. It's either De Gea leaves on good terms or he stays on a short on a on a maybe a three year deal on less money. But it's all it's all what Ten Hag wants, which is the main thing. Yes, indeed. Uh, we'll see how that one uh, progresses as well. But we'll move on to another club with a lot of change happening. Chelsea. Uh, there is a story on 90min.com of Andre Santos, who is 
smashing it in my football manager save. I've got to be honest. Uh, Datro Fafana as well, also smashing it on my football manager save. But Andre Santos is the latest name uh, to be close to joining Chelsea. Newcastle United and Barcelona have held interest in him as well. Brazilian, teenager, highly rated, great prospect, midfielder. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Chelsea, this is this seems to be a a massive change in tact from Chelsea here, Graham. Since uh, Todd Bowley has taken over, they are they are going for the cream of the crop in a sense from the the young prospects. They're locking them down quite early, right? Yeah, we've seen this is probably about the fifth deal we've seen. Chuck Wemaker, Mary Hutchinson, Gabriel Slini, um, and Caster, the lad from Inter Milan, they. A few people said, you know, did Chelsea's academy need all these young players in there? But I think these are these are not quite, these are in that level in between where they're not quite they're not academy players, but they're not quite ready for the first. Time. I think it's, I think they're filling that level in between. I think they thought the gap before was too big, and they recognised that and they're doing it. And he's putting his money where his mouth is because these guys aren't coming cheap. Andre Santos is going to be um, a twenty million pound deal in total. We understand about twelve million pound down. This will be a huge frustration to Newcastle. They thought they had this boy coming from Vasco da Gama, Brazilian second division. But he's one of the best young players in Brazil in that midfield position. They saw him as a, like a baby Bruno. They thought Bruno Guimarães would be an ideal person to bring him on. But yeah, it's just the, the market Newcastle are playing in now, the pond they're fishing in. It's, you know, there's a lot of big fish in there um, with them. And yeah, it's 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 a tough loss for them, but yeah, Chelsea's a it's a very tough club to turn down, and they and they look to have got this one over the line. PSG and Barcelona as well showed a lot of interest. And I think it's also a sign, Scott, of this now now that um, Brexit has come through, we can see the switch of markets now. This South American market is being raided. We I understand there's half the Premier League clubs have got permanent scouts over there now, but it's actually flying European British people over there to scout these Argentinian. And Brazilian markets, as Toby will be aware, West Ham will talk about maybe Lazawa in a moment. That um, and it's not it's not just the big boys shopping in this now. We we saw it before. We remember the one of the first teams to really take advantage of this was Watford, with Richarlison and João Pedro. But all the others now are totally aware of these players, and um, yeah, we we still see the big ones like the Endrick who we always said was going to Real Madrid. And that's where he's ended up. Chelsea missed out on him. But yeah, they bounced back by securing Andreas Santos. And they're, they're confident about announcing this one before January's gone. On uh, another prospect who is a higher profile player, uh, Josco Gvardiol, one of the breakout players at the World Cup, Toby. Yeah. Massively impressive, wasn't he? He did get rolled by Messi, but who hasn't been rolled by Messi? You know, he is one of the 
seems like the hottest prospects in world football at the moment. RB Leipzig player, uh, shining on the international stage, looks like your proper modern-day defender who can pretty much do it all. There's a, there's a gap in that Chelsea team, which you think he'd slot right into. There is interest from Chelsea, but there's interest from rivals as well. First of all, on Guardiola, what do, what do you think of him, Toby? He looks like a real Rolls-Royce defender, doesn't he? Somebody who can do absolutely everything, which is frightening considering how young he is. But I think he's a, a leader more than anything, um, aged just 21. And he is one of the top three young centre-backs in the world, I would say. Um, if not top two, he might even be the best. But his future is extremely bright. And I think the key thing here for Chelsea is that they're identifying perhaps their weaknesses of previous windows where they've invested heavy money into players who perhaps don't have longevity. Uh, Gavardio, he's what, a signing for the next eight, ten years at least, providing all things go to plan. Um, and slotting him alongside the experience of Koulibaly, Wesley Fofana, if he ever manages to shake off his injury problems. Graham said in the summer that the pairing of Koulibaly and Fafana could be the best centre-back partnership in Europe. If you chuck Gavardio in there and they decide to play three under Graham Potter, that is a serious defence um, and one that's still got room to improve and are flanked by Reese James, Ben Chilwell when he's fit, Mark Keegan. Don't even mention Thiago Silva there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just telling myself in my mind that this is the Thiago Silva succession plan, isn't it? Chelsea have realised... His legs have gone. You probably don't need to tell them that. He's 37. Knocking on a door of 38. They're spending big, but they know that this is probably the one signing that they then don't have to worry about this position for the next six, seven, eight years. It's obviously um, Rudiger Christensen's succession plan, isn't it, TC? Where let's forget Chelsea is signing those. They lost a lot of... They lost two... I'm not saying Christians were world-class, but lost two massive players, didn't they? In the set halves, and Zuma went to West Ham as well. If you think the last 18 months, two years... That centre-half room has needed a lot of improvement on Chelsea's behalf. It's a huge upgrade as well. Um, I know that you're very big on Rudiger and what he brings to or what he brought to Chelsea and what he can offer Real Madrid. I think Gavardio is as good as Rudiger in terms of his attributes right now, and he's only got room to grow. Um, so I think this is a hell of a signing for Chelsea if they manage to push it through. Let's not forget they've also raided Leipzig for Christopher Nkunku which again, I think is a fantastic deal. Um, really exciting player. I don't like it that Chelsea are operating what I would consider to be smartly in the transfer market. He's, he's, getting, at... he's getting himself ready for the Declan Rice news soon, isn't he? He's getting yeah. himself ready. Well, yeah, potentially. But they don't have... Do you remember we used to look through Chelsea's reserves and you'd find 10, 15 players in their mid to late 20s who you'd kind of forgotten about? Mm. That number's also dwindled. They've probably got five or six players out on loan now, max, who you know don't have a future at the club. Romelu Lukaku included in that. So they've actually... Baba Rahman's the still of... there, Toby. He is. Yeah, he's enjoying <laughs> himself at Reading. He's uh, the perennial. He's, he, he's he the one, the world... isn't he? Hey, he started at the World Cup, so he's not He's not, He's not. not horrific, is he? He started, started all the games again. All three did he for Ghana? Yeah, Graham, uh, on, on Guardiola. Mm. So, obviously, interest from Chelsea... He does. It seems to fit like a glove mm. for me. Looking at this, but is this is this one that you expect them to sew up, or is this uh, uh, is this going to be a chase, a pretty public chase? 
Well, it's been a chase since around September time when they started to do the Kunku and Vardiola. I wanted both of these tying up pretty quickly. And now it's easy to see why. And they want this doing in January. Not to come in January, but they want him doing like a Pulisic that he is and Kunku. They want to still doing now to make sure that they've got him. You know, the rest are looking, um, like Real Madrid, sniffing around for the future. Because as I said, at 21, you know, he's such an exciting prospect. And I think Leipzig are doing it sensibly. You know, they're, they're, they're happy to keep everyone at arm's length because his value is just going through the roof, isn't it? And I, I think Chelsea would love to, love to have uh, go back to September and seal it up. And, and Chelsea, remember, this is all coming back for me. It reminds me of the Tumani thing where they've learned the lesson from Matt Chelsea now where... You know, if they if they could have their time back, they'd have done too many and loaned him back to Monaco for the year, and they decided against that. But I think they've learnt the lessons from that now. Where if we like a player, we're just going to get him. We're not going to wait to see how he is in twelve months because look what happened last time. We lost one of the best young players in world football and will be for the next ten years. So I think they've learnt the lesson, which is really good from a Chelsea fan's point of view. That yeah, if they recognise a the player as world class, they're going to do the deal or try to. Well, they haven't been deterred either, have they? Guardiola signed a new five-year deal in October which I know is probably not worth the paper it's written on because okay it ties into Leipzig for five years but realistically mm. he was only going to stay there for what 18 months two years yeah it push. just means they can demand that whatever they want I, th- I think but I think that I said they're not going to sit there and demand 200 million because part of him signing that deal was the um enticing the player to sign it by saying look if we get a proper offer we're going to let you go and that's how these German clubs operate you know they don't just keep players against their will because otherwise in the future you know you're not going to attract these young players in the first place so I think that that's how they work Toby let's move on you mentioned West Ham briefly yeah we need some kind of jingle for irons in the fire but go for it quick update then so West Ham we reported uh, beginning of December I think that a deal had been Agreed and concluded for Sao Paulo centre-back Luis Al, three-and-a-half-year contract for a player out of contact in January. Uh, West Ham have since confirmed that move. He's expected to join the development team to begin with, but a very exciting prospect by all accounts. And another one from the Brazilian market that a lot of Premier League's are, Premier League sides are tapping into. Um, is that because of work permit? Is it easier to get a work permit, Graham, at the moment for these South yeah, American it's, players? It's, it's, Yes, it's 100% that, um, TC, where now it's if you the Brazilian top flight, where it didn't used to be, to get a player out of South America, it, they're at a massive disadvantage in English clubs. You couldn't do it until they're international. They don't have to be internationals anymore. It's purely based on on where the British government in the, in the system, where the Brazilian league is ranked, um, and, and there's different tiers, and then how many games you played. And I think it's accurate, you know. I think it's, I think signing a young Brazilian, no disrespect to a Poland or something, you know, but I think a Brazilian top flight should be worth more than the Polish top flight. And I think that, that's how that's how it works now. You get the rankings where Norway's top flight isn't worth as much as a Brazilian top flight as well. And yeah, so whilst we have lost the, the ease um, and ability to sign some of these. Spaniards, Italians for the lower leagues. I, I think it's a good. I think it's been a good thing so far. You know, we're seeing. I think we're seeing less imports into the football league as well, um, which is only a good thing. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. And who who doesn't love, you know, my own middles, but who who doesn't love to see a South American come in? I think it's really exciting. And I, and I think it's leveled up the playing field. I think the Spaniards won't be happy. Because now you've got that the Italians and Spanish had it all their own way for the last twenty years, you know they could hoover up all the best talent, but now they are very worried. Um, you know Real Madrid got injured, but only just. 
they got it over the line. And so, and, and now look at the Premier League clubs now are, are, are treating that as their backyard now. Well, West Ham have obviously muscled in to get Luis out, but they have another player on their radar. Pablo Maya is a central midfielder. Uh, 20 years old again, another one for the future. Uh, not really close to being done at the moment, but West Ham exploring a, a possible move for him. But they'd like another centre-back. Um, we've touched on interest in Michael Keane uh, over the past couple of weeks. Aaron Wambasaka is an option, um, potentially at right-back. There's a bit of uncertainty around Vladimir Sofal's future at West Ham by Leverkusen, like him. And Graham, we understand that West Ham are looking for a striker. Um, no names tied to that as yet, but more firepower, perhaps to get the best out of Skamaka and Paqueta. Um And just West Ham have struggled to score goals. I think they've got, scored the fourth least amount of Premier League goals so far this season, which when you look at David Moyes' squad is a bit hard to believe. But um, they'd like to do a deal in January if they can. But again, it's finding the right profile of player um, for the right amount of money. That is the thing. And January could be a very busy month for West Ham if, you know, as we've reported on site, TC, isn't it? It's, there's no there's no guarantee that David Moyes is going to see the end of January because the pressure is really building on him. And I think as we discussed um, off-pod, Toby, where you've got the likes of Wolves and we'll come on to Villa with these big new name managers. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a cracking relegation battle this year. And and, and West Ham are in it, <laughs> which... Which we we I know we're jokingly our top rated United, where we didn't think we didn't think West Ham would would be either the lowest United at the minute. TC, yeah, you are the lowest United in the league, which yeah. we didn't come January. You come... below Leeds? Yeah, I was just thinking, are Leeds still below us? I think they are, despite no their... Leeds. Leeds are fifteenth. West Ham oh, United really? are sixteenth. You oh, are goodness. you are officially the lowest United at Christmas, Toby. Con- congratulations. Yeah. Well, it's probably not going to get any better on Boxing Day either. It's West Ham traditionally, <laughs> yeah. traditionally terrible on Boxing Day. I've got Arsenal. There, um, there has been a number of uh, indications that we should move in the Arsenal direction. There is a talking of young Brazilian players, talking mm-hmm. of Arsenal's next game against West Ham, talking of uh, young Brazilian players being plucked out essentially out of nowhere. And no, I, this well, is I, a success yeah. story, right? Talking of Janinho, Janinho, we can tie in with the story as well, Scott, as you'll see. Let's uh, let's talk about it then. Gabriel Martinelli, Graham. Yeah, from Ituano, the club which Janinho used to run before he took charge of the Brazil national team. This was Janinho's club. He was, he was recommended to Middlesbrough heartbreakingly at some point. Um, but yeah, Gabriel Martinelli, he, he's done wonderfully well for Arsenal, attracted a lot of attention. He's about to become one from one of the lowest earners in the squad to one of the highest earners in the squad. And and this is one of three players who we revealed in September. Arsenal were desperately trying to tie to new deals. All of them out of contract in 2024 with options. There was Gabriel Martinelli, um, Bukayo Saka and William Saliba. Now, Saka and Saliba are not anywhere near this point. Or not where Arsenal would like it to be either. But Martinelli is on the brink of signing. He's agreed to him in excess of £200,000 a week. You know, he went to the World Cup with Brazil. He is, he is a player we understand who might get the job centrally. And Gabriel hears this is absence, but I love him as a player. I think he's got absolutely everything. Um, and this is a fantastic deal for Arsenal. One, yeah, very much one for the future. Who, but yeah, and I can see him. He reminds me a bit. I think Gakpo. This is who. This is sort of player Gakpo. Gakpo could remind me of. You know, in terms of playing sentry out wide, he he fits the bill in all areas. I I don't think he's jack of all trades. I think he's a good good a good forward. And I think I'm not sure Arsenal are going to miss Gabriel Jesus that much. Cause I think Martinelli is more than capable of filling this void. Indeed, we'll see how that one progresses. Uh, Toby, anything to add there, Toby? You look like you wanted to say something. Well, I think Arsenal are going to miss Jesus. 
Um, he, not necessarily the goals because he hasn't but his all-around play I think he's been sensational in the first few months so it will take a bit of getting used to but Martinelli quality player um, although we've only really seen him shine on the left so if he does move centrally it'd be interesting to see how he gets on but well worth a new deal and a good one for Arsenal to tie up there is a number of other Arsenal stories we could touch on but I think we'll be back and probably talking about these in January obviously Graham you mentioned Saka there uh Mikhailo Mudrik as well is another player. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, of, uh, one of their officials, has spoken out confirming the interest from Arsenal, which I believe we broke a number of months ago. Uh, th- there's plenty to sink our teeth into, but that's for another day. We'll talk and switch our attention to another Brazilian. Saka, definitely, Scott. We'll, we'll bring Harry on when we talk about Saka just to see his uh, miserable face when he hasn't signed his day. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> check back for that one. Uh, on, a, on a future episode to come, we'll be talking... Kairosaka, Jude Bellingham. Mm. Jude Bellingham's going to keep coming up. We'll have plenty of chances to talk <laughs> about him. Uh, but another Brazilian who is on the verge of joining a Premier League club, Mateus Cunha uh, of Atletico Madrid. Graham, this one to Wolves. Yeah, there'll be a lot of interest in him, actually. You know, West Ham, Leeds, everywhere. A lot, a lot of teams. Even the big boys were looking as well, like United, Liverpool, um, Arsenal. And obviously, they were looking at him for very different reasons to why Wolves were looking at him. Well, they were looking at him as maybe that, especially Arsenal, could he come in for a few months and tide us over, same as Liverpool, Diaz injured, etc. Um, and West Ham. But yeah, I think Wolves have moved quickly, get still done. It's a loan review to a permanent £40 million deal. And I think this is that what I'm being told background that Wolves and Source of closer player. It's down to Lepetu, the new manager. He's a real influencer. And he I, I think in England we probably don't give him enough respect or, or realise just how big a name in the game he is. He's a huge name. You're saying Lopetegui's going around filming himself on his phone, like doing, you know, like like the influencer, the modern influencer. Or yeah, is he I, having an influence? I think I think he's actually sending these players tiktokings with emojis, like just with the with the eye emojis, like or, or like a, a fake cutout saying this could be you, sort of thing. Yeah, I think he probably is doing that. Yeah, I think he is. But yeah, this is a, and I you know I think Wolves are one of those teams who could fly up the table. I think there's so so much good in this Wolves squad, and it's only missing a couple of little bits. I think the striker that was sent half in Felipe, we think couldn't use one of Cunha's best friends from Fatico coming in as well. Um, so I think this is a great sign for us. I, you know, he hasn't got the greatest record, but he's hard working. I think, but I think he'll suit this Wolves team down the ground. I think he's a a near perfect signing for them at this point. Hat tip to Max Kilman, who is didn't make this World Cup squad, but he will definitely make an England squad under Lopetegui in the future. And also, Mateus Cunha talking of the World Cup is one of the players who filmed himself and his reaction, but didn't get in the squad, uh, which was quite something to watch uh, a little bit. It felt sorry for him, but also a little bit weird, wasn't it? But let's move on. Uh, that that deal looks like it's going to be done on loan with an obligation to buy. Staying on Wolves as well. We mentioned Aaron Wan-Bissaka already. We put out a story last week, Graham, about their in- Wolves thrusting in the, into the queue to sign Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And now it always seemed like we were talking about Crystal Palace. That's always where I expected him to maybe end up going if he left United. Now, Crystal Palace have thrust themselves back in, and there's other in- interests from other clubs as well. We mentioned West Ham already. What what, what can we expect here? But he's not in United's plans, by the looks of it. No, he's not. He was told with this story a few weeks ago, didn't we, Scott? He's, not in, he's been told to find another club. Wolves made the move. They, they really like him. It's not off yet, but Palace have come in late on, made a really strong move for him, which we expected in the summer, didn't we, really? But um, that didn't happen, and we expect United to bring the right back with one by Saka leaving. So, 
as we say, it's a two-horse race at the moment. West Ham did show an interest, but you know, Kufal hasn't gone yet, so isn't is there enough room for him there? So I think Wolves or Palace both be a good fit for him, Scott. As you know, we're talking about a fifty million pound right back here, so and it's a great career opportunity for him. I think I think at either club he do well. You know, Wolves really want to uh, bring a new right back, and we're told Samedo not playing well, Johnny. Um, off the boil as well and the Damatore possibly leaving in January so there's a real room for him there so I think it's going to be Palace or Wolves as it stands and Palace are hoping to take him back to South London but United are leaving it up to the player Would he fit well at West Ham Toby? I think he would uh, but West Ham do have Ben Johnson they've got Thiele Keira who can play there it depends on whether or not they bring in Michael Keane I guess West Ham's business is variable I think Wolves need him more Wambasaka, that is, because Nelson Semedo is not particularly convincing. Um, but I agree. I think Crystal Palace is, is the club I thought he would go back to. Um, have they been starting Joel Ward this season at right back? It's not a long term fit. The Premier League, to- I've got to be honest, Toby, until the Premier League comes back, I've completely forgotten about what's happened. <laughs> We've had this break mid season. I can't remember where every. I, the only thing I, I know is that Arsenal are top of the league. That's pretty much it. Like, and, you know. Yeah, I'm sure t- it'll hit us around the head again when it starts again, right? I was going to say, by the time we record this podcast again, which could be, I don't know, a couple of weeks, depending on Christmas schedules, we'd have played three Premier League games and had a round of Carabao Cup. That's how congested it's about to become in terms of domestic football. So you'll soon be back in it, mate. Let's uh, let's wrap up today with a final story. Uh, Graham, throwing to you. Newcastle Park, Milan Skriniar, uh, written about on, on our site. So many times, it seems, uh, the latest on Milan Skriniar. His name has come up quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, Inter, there's interest from, he's one of, he's a top-class centre-back. What's his situation at the moment, Graham? Well, actually, I think I don't think we've done as many as you think, Scott, because in the summer it was perceived and P- and that he was going to PSV. It was that as simple as PSG. that. PSG, sorry, yeah. Um, so Inter have got this thing where they need to make a big sale. And they always presumed it would be Skriniar to PSG. Now, the the left of the situation, they're not getting a big sale out of Skriniar um, at the moment. He's even going to sign a new deal. Or if he doesn't, he's going to go on Bosman in the summer. That takes us, the likely sale will be Denzel Dumfries, which we'll talk on another show about. But Skriniar is a really interesting option. A lot of the Premier League clubs presumed he would be signing a new deal or going to PSG. He's now available, you know, less than 10 days to the new year. He can sign a pre-contract with someone. And I said, we are talking about, a lot of people think this is the best centre-half on the planet. 27 in his absolute peak, the peak of his powers. So, you know, he's he wasn't at the top of a lot of teams' lists, like a City, United, a Liverpool, Chelsea. However, the chance of getting him is just too good to turn down on a free on a free transfer. We thought Rudiger was a great free transfer to Madrid. I think Skriniar would probably be better, given his age. Yeah, You know, this is... Uh, so why I think all these Premier League clubs now are really putting these contract offers together. You got you got to throw your hat in the ring. I think is the attitude. Not going in there thinking we are favourites to get him, but Inter are very worried. They really are. They didn't see him leaving on a free transfer, but the money on offer. I understand. I understand from the Premier League is probably double what he's been offered at Inter. Inter are trying. They're not trying to do this on the cheap, but if I think they're going to have to push harder to keep him. We do, and this could this is one to keep an eye on. This could be remarkable, and yeah, we do understand Newcastle have joined the hunt here. All the top six, top eight Premier League clubs are in here, and Newcastle are in the mix as well because hey, they'll probably be offered as big a contract as anyone. Like we say, he's one of the best centre backs probably in European football at the moment. Potentially going on a free transfer at the peak years of his career. 
Uh, we'll see how this one unfolds. There's a lot of interest in him. There's a lot of decisions to make. Uh, but I'm sure once we hit January and there's a number of players who are out of contract who could make decisions to move on, there's obviously a lot of clubs who uh, have seen that World Cup go by and thinking, ooh, a few breakout stars there. Uh, there's probably a few clubs who need to uh, address the things that have gone wrong in the start of the season as well. But we will see how that goes. Talking transfers will be back quite regularly now. We're coming into the January window. The World Cup is over. We haven't worked out how regularly yet, but we'll probably we'll do this one. We'll have a little Christmas break and we'll be back with you pretty pretty uh, regularly throughout the January transfer window and beyond that. Toby, Graham, thanks very much for joining today. You can obviously follow us all on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey uh, for all the latest talk. You can go to nightmin.com for all the latest transfer news and follow us on Twitter too, as I just mentioned. And also please subscribe to this show if you haven't already uh, on all your major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. We're there and this has been Talking Transfers. See you very soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.